Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast on the internet, in the universe, <laughs> in the world. Oh, yes. It's so great to be number one. Uh, I am your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. <laughs> and I'm your devoted lover, Alan Ito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight, we're taking a little trip to the opera for the episode, okay. Murder is a Drag. I had like really... Very, like the title knowing the titles ahead of time gives me like a lot of like mm-hmm. preconceived notions about what an episode is going to be and mm. preconceived prejudices <laughs> yeah. so i was like mm. is this going to be an offensive episode are we going to have to talk through a lot of issues <laughs> and we'll find out we're gonna find out but first we bit. have to we have to make ellen do a minute max <laughs> Where she sums up the entirety uh, of this episode really glad in I'm going 60 seconds. Last on this one. Well, thanks for breaking it down like that. <laughs> All right, everyone. Prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> what happened um, in murder drag? <laughs> murder drag. Murder I, is a drag. <laughs> I actually do have um, my timer. So I think that might, I don't think that's going to help actually. But, uh, Set it for an hour. Ooh, this one's a lot. Okay. That's how much I'm going to need. Thanks. All right. Here we go. Um, murder is a drag. <laughs> All right. The hearts uh, go to the opera where Jonathan is mistaken for being a hitman. And then the man that mistakes him for a hitman ends up getting stabbed to death. And then um, a really laid back lieutenant comes to help the hearts. And the man who is actually the hitman uh, goes to Mr. Six the man who hired him and they're like, Oh man, now there's a fake hitman. Um, we need to kill this DA. I know let's do this thing on the phone and then we'll go to a costume party. And then everybody um, is like, Oh no, but kill that guy first. So then he blows up the cop and then Jonathan steals the cop's gun off of his bloody corpse. <laughs> then they go to the house uh, where the costume party is going to be. And the bad guys are dressed as caterers and Norm from cheers is there with another person pretending <laughs> to be a cop. And then they have the costume party which jonathan and jennifer dress up sadly as rhett butler and scarlett o'hara to go to then jennifer's held captive the costume party is like batman and superman and wonder woman and then max dresses in drag and a myopic toreador takes him on a date (laughs) (laughs) Uh, nice one that was good murder is a drag (sighs) the hearts go to the opera but the tickets are missing because uh, Jonathan's suit was taken to the cleaners. So they find a guy who happens to be a pickpocket uh, who who has a pair of tickets that he's trying to sell, and he gives a really good story about selling them. Anyway, they buy them from, from him for $50, which is really cheap for opera tickets, guys. Uh, they go to the opera. A dude just randomly tells uh, Jonathan, hey, you got to kill this guy, and here's, here's $100,000 in cash. And then the guy gets a knife in the back. Uh, they call the cops for some reason. Um, a nice cop shows up and they go to the police station. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to try to pretend that I'm a hitman. So he tries to pretend that he's a hitman, which involves him going to a costume party at a wonderful woman's house. Uh, Rhett Butler and Scarlett O'Hara is a terrible costume combination for them. Uh, Max bullies his way into the into the party and saves the day. The end. Yeah. Did you say did Max you dresses say, in drag? No, I sure didn't. You did not. 
Murder. Jump down a, his you know throat, Joe. There's Jump down a, Eric's throat. There's Joe. no need. Is murder a drag then? <laughs> um, you didn't say Max Justin drag. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Let me get this shoe out of my throat. Okay. All right. Murder <laughs> is a drag. The hearts are off to the opera. It's a five-hour-long opera. Jennifer really wants to go, and Jonathan obviously does not want to go, so he's trying to resist going by losing his suit, which Jennifer put the tickets to the opera in, and now it's at the cleaner, Mm. so they can't go. Anyways, they find a scalper who just pickpocketed somebody, and he kind of looks like Andrew Cunanan, and they buy tickets from him. (laughs) And when they sit down, Jonathan falls asleep, and he gets uh, elbowed awake by the guy next to him, and the guy hands him an envelope full of $1,000 and tells him to kill the the, (laughs) some guy. And uh, the oh, what is it? The attorney general. Uh, and Jonathan is very obviously confused. And if I was that guy, I'd probably cancel the whole job because I'm talking to the wrong guy. Clearly. Anyways, they go. The bad people try to kill them a couple times. They blow up a guy in Jonathan's car. They go to a <laughs> costume party where they try to get Jonathan. They tell Jonathan, if you don't shoot the DA, then we're going to kill your wife who's stuck in a truck outside. Uh, and so he shoots at Max, who's dressed in drag. <laughs> but it misses and then they save the day the end oh my god um great job everybody great job we did it what i wanted to say earlier <laughs> is i was trying to make the point that that's not even really a big part of the episode max being in drag so i was wondering why they called it murder is a drag that's what that's my point maybe because the titles don't really seem to matter for yeah, any I've, of these episodes. <laughs> I'm, one thing that I'm, I'm genuinely cur- curious about is if these titles are the original titles or if they were titles that were made for the DVD releases. Oh, Why they, would they change the titles? I mean, I could see would them there, changing it for a not for another country. But why would there be titles? I mean, in, in 1980, it, was, it would just be season two, episode oh, eight. Yeah. They don't ever say the title um, on screen. Well, the the titles, ti- are not, titles aren't aren't printed they're never shown they very likely are titled episodes i i do think um, that the only reason that they called this murder is a drag is because the greatest moment in the entire episode mm-hmm. is max in drag mm-hmm. right um i actually think that title's perfect and funny but i also um relate to Eric, what you were saying about how the title sometimes like raise alarm bells a little bit yeah. when you're going in cold because it just seems like the title is something like this one's racist or something. Yeah, like that, the, the, well, right? yeah, or, this one's homophobic or this one, this episode, yeah, <laughs> this episode murder. is a hate has been reclassified <laughs> as a hate crime. Yeah, um, hate crime is murder. I, I, I want to because because I didn't really touch on it in my terrible as usual um, minute max um, that the Mr. Six, who is the man who hires the hitman, yes. that they are trying to kill the district attorney who has the astonishing name of Randolph Burlington. <laughs> so, but oh. Mr. Six wants to kill uh, district attorney Randolph Burlington because according to Benny, um, who is just announcing to Mr. Six all of the exciting things that will result from them uh <laughs> offing Randolph Burlington. I just can't stop saying his name. Um, But what Benny says to Mr. Six, in case Mr. Six hasn't figured it out, although he's obviously a crime boss, he says, Benny says, you'll be moving narcotics in and out of this town just like before. How does that sound, Mr. Six? (laughs) And Mr. Six (laughs) is like, sounds nice. 
Mr. Six is the guy who was supposed to kill the DA. Mr. Six. No, that's McGarity. Mr. Six. Mr. Six is the, the gray-haired. Oh, the mob gentleman boss guy. who, who, mm-hmm. as any good mafia boss, goes undercover. I was, on operations. That's crazy. To <laughs> yeah, me. goes undercover as um, a servant, as a, as a caterer. <laughs> yeah, but he's packing heat, as Jonathan notices later. But he's. Goes undercover as a caterer with Shavel Tear catering, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I have to wonder. It's like I wonder if that's just Mister Six's um, one of his money laundering things, or you know, or like a cover to rob rich people, or maybe they just like French food and they cater it. <laughs> yeah. Well, why would um, they be from a restaurant? I don't know, but <laughs> I was kind of like, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, this makes me want to rewatch Party Down. Mm. I just rewatched Party Down. <laughs> I love that show. Oh God, I love party. That is a lot of risk to take on for the boss of the operation, though. If I was him, I would leave that up to my henchmen. Obviously, I was so shocked yeah, to see him he, there. And he has at least two henchmen, mm-hmm. and then three counting the ever sinister Marion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, Marion. Marion's kind of she's she's harsh. I liked her. Oh yeah, she Marianne. is. Marion will cut you. She is. Oh yeah, she, yeah. She she She's is taking none of your shit. And she, she is knows, taking none of your shit. More about telephones than Alexander Graham yeah. Bell. Right. She's <laughs> yep. like. She's like. <laughs> I invented this shit. Basically, yeah. right. While she's yeah. sit in her like remote, like her portable phone tracing, bugging whatever with the huge switchboard. Even yeah. that was impressive. I was like, ooh, I don't know what that lady's when name. When everybody's is, tracking but, each other. Yep. Marion Jobs yeah. here, which is creating the iPhone a, in 1981. Mm-hmm. It's um, a great, great situation where they're both the cops are tracing Mr. Six or or McGarity, and McGarity is trying to trace Jonathan. In essence, right? They're just trying to to stay on long enough to give them a red herring, right? Yeah. So that Marion can do her devious Alexander out Alexander Graham Belling Graham Belling <laughs> and give them like the number for a nursery school in Winnetka, Illinois Thank instead you. of yes. Mr. Six's <laughs> bomb ass apartment. Right. Which is great. I love that she was able to find out where the hearts were calling from and not like mm-hmm. not the opposite. Like it was well done, Marion. She's a wizard you're, with a you're phone. You're pretty fucking great. Yeah. Like you're you're yeah, right up there playing. with mm-hmm. Karen in the villain category. She's true thing about her skills. They're holding Jennifer hostage at the costume party and she dances with Jonathan and tells him what's what the deal is and then gives him a gun. Love that. She doesn't even and he offers her an out because she's going to be accessory to murder, which seems Mm -hmm. I thought for a minute I was like, oh, maybe she's going to take that because she's (laughs) hell no. She's just like hard as fucking nails. And she's like, I'm in this to murder people. <laughs> Reach into my basket, Mr. Hart. Oh, my God. Do you want to look in my basket? <laughs> that, I, it's like, oh. No. <laughs> this, this episode has a lot of things. It has a, lot, a of lot of things. And it's so many it's things. It's so interesting. Mm. Like, just the mm. tone of it is so interesting to me i love it it's very serious yeah well the first like up through Mm -hmm. the opera like the them getting ready them getting to the opera them losing like finding scalping tickets and Mm -hmm. then watching the opera the whole transfer of money the stabbing of the guy and then the cops showing up that whole thing i was seriously like this is art See, like yeah. I'm, I'm actually really invested in this episode more than I thought I would be, and more than I am in most episodes because it was just a really subtle, nice, 
70s American cinema flavor to it that I was just like, this is totally. great. And I, and I thought for a second, if they never leave the opera house, I'm going to love fine. this episode so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. It was very cinematic. It had it felt like a higher production value or something. It did. It had some flaws, though. <laughs> yeah. There were definitely well, some like some little like. But but they didn't ruin it for me. But le- like, let's talk about this the opera house scene because I I found it really interesting. It was uh, so it was played out so slowly, mm-hmm. like they 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 were so deliberate with the pace. Beginning the episode with my suit is missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, your suit's at the cleaners. As if Jonathan it's has one setup. suit. As mm-hmm. if he has one suit. Yeah, you know, bitch, put on another. He would clearly. He would clearly wear, at that point in time, a tuxedo to the opera. Of course. Nowadays, maybe no. no but When, Je- when yeah, Jennifer absolutely. mentioned that shorts. his suit that he had laid out was a gray pinstripe suit, I was like, you're not wearing a gray pinstripe suit to the opera, sir. No, no, no. What are you no talking about? That. He's a dandy. No one is doing that. That's not well, dandy. That's, that's, the, that's a dandy's accountant. For, for me, the... The setup is so solid Mm -hmm. and it just has enough complexity with the pickpocket, you know, like it, it lets it sort of unfold the way that any sort of classic thriller would unfold. And of course, who doesn't love like the mistaken identity Mm -hmm. um, trope, right? But I, I'm just a sucker for anything that happens during a performance. So Mm -hmm. something like the man who knew too much, right? When the kid's. The kid is who knows where and in danger, you know, and it goes on forever. It's so tense. And I've, even just using using the opera as a storytelling device, I really love. Eric, I, you're a big Moonstruck person, right? I, I am, Moonstruck actually. Person? Yeah, I yeah. love Yeah, and that's a terrific <laughs> example, right, where the opera tells the story. So there's different ways that you can play with it. But, I, of course, I just love the thriller vibe. But it yeah. is really great. But I'm also... I'm just, I love the opera. So Have I'm you seen Birth by that. with Nicole Mm-mm. Kidman? Um, there's a really, really Ooh. great uh, opera or symphony scene in that movie. It's That's a great movie overall. Birth is a fantastic movie. But there's this uh, like super hmm. long shot of her as she's realizing something, and it's so good. Yeah, it's Ellen, I would, I would recommend Birth. It's uh, Jonathan Glazer. It's the, the guy that directed Sexy Beast and mm-hmm. Under the Skin. I avoided birth for some reason. I think at the time when that Nicole came Kidman. out, I was like really over Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. It's as amazing, opposed though. to now where I'm like, Nicole Kidman, give me yeah. more. Pour it, like slather it all over my potatoes. But that- but, More uh, wizard coats. Yes. <laughs> that scene during the symphony is so memorable. It's fantastic. That's like the, uh, such a great little moment. Yeah. And anything that takes place in, in the auditorium like that is, is just always exciting. It's exciting. It's so clandestine and- thrilling it can be sexy it can be romantic it can be dangerous it's all the things why did they kill the guy that gave jonathan the money do we know because he he gave the wrong guy knows. the money oh so the hitman that was supposed to get the money is the one who killed oh, the the okay. guy that gave him the money that's my first rewrite <laughs> uh oh oops sorry that there's a scene in movies that happens or TV that happens all the time where there's this misunderstanding. Someone is not where they should be and somebody is acting like they are the person they should be. Like he's giving him money because he thinks Jonathan's the hitman. And Jonathan is clearly confused, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't mm-hmm. know who the man is. Oh, so good. I don't like that. I hate that. because oh, I thought it was so good in this episode. I thought I, it was so good. Yeah, I, I guess... 
It just, you don't like that, it? It drives me crazy. If you just took the money, wouldn't that also seem weird? <laughs> I, I if think, not weirder, that would I, seem way weirder to me. <laughs> actually, if he's like, thanks, man. I'll, all right, I'll do that. And then just falls back asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe he's too tired and doesn't realize. And he's just like, oh, he wants, he thinks. Oh, the no, guy that wants wasn't a suggestion. That. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen's in rewrite corner. No, now. Ellen, Ellen no, we're, that we're was in, not a suggestion. We're in that was Joe's an rewrite workshop right now. No, I am not. You're, you're participating. You are no, participating. No quibble that, with that scene. That was one of the things I was thinking, though, is that he, Jonathan was too tired and he just want, thinks this guy wants him to hold something. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I'll hold it until you get back from the bathroom or whatever. That would have been great. Or the guy just throws the money at him and says, here's the money. Do the deed. And then gets up, runs away, and gets murdered. Because that whole mm-hmm. dynamic of Here's the money. Jonathan's like, what? What is this? Who are you? And just saying, who do you think I am? Just it just drives me crazy because that guy wouldn't just continue with the plan at that point. It just drives me crazy. There's a lot of scenes like that. The way that it was played out in this episode, I felt was very slick. Like I thought it was really well done. I I don't know what it was. There's a dude just starts talking to Jonathan, totally matter of factly about a job. And hands him an, all, an envelope with $100,000 in it. Right. And Jonathan is, you know, I we can talk about Robert Wagner's acting in, in this episode <laughs> later. I mean, Robert Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Gold star, Ellen. <laughs> um, but we can talk about that later. Uh, he the, the way that that guy delivered that information was so slick to me because it was like, I'm just going to get this over with. This opera is five hours long. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with any of this. Just take the fucking money and you'll, the instructions are in the thing, whatever mm-hmm. it's done. I'm not talking to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're also in an, in an environment where they're not allowed to speak up, which is also a great. element. Yeah, totally. I like great that th- thriller element. Yeah. I don't know. Dude getting stabbed was just a cherry on top of it. Seems. Yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, Joe. Mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from, Eric. I think that your angle on that rewrite just requires a lot of more information to be added. So we had with Murder in Paradise, right? He slips in the key, and then there's a the thing where everyone's chasing after them because they have the key. But there's the initial thing where he kind of doesn't know it, right? They find it in the pocket. But to have a similar thing here where they're kind of chasing after the why, 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 I think just just take too long i just, just think takes too long i just would have i think that yeah you could truncate it into jonathan just saying hey, what okay i'll hold your bag while you go and uh yeah i don't know it's not a huge deal it's just like i didn't <laughs> do, want, I do didn't, guys do that when you guys are yeah, at the opera? yeah can you hold are my you bag like, will you hold my clutch <laughs> yeah i'm um, not going to take it into the powder room uh maybe it could have been uh <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell, <laughs> Zoe, what was her name? Mar- Marion. 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 Yeah, maybe she could have been the one and then not got murdered, but then the hmm. whole, it would have derailed the whole episode. I didn't mean to talk about this for this long. It's just like, <laughs> that's a trope I've noticed that really starts, like, frustrates me is when oh. the character just has no idea what's going on. Clearly, you're doing something high risk by giving them this money to kill somebody. You would not just continue to steamroll them into doing it you know i i feel like it worked it worked for me because because of the setting and because nefarious activity like this mm-hmm. requires some a, a certain amount of secrecy yeah yeah um so so you just be like you would just be like well, shut the fuck up just take the money like you, go, well, go, go and go. You, yeah. you might you might think as the i'm thinking on behalf of the bearer of money and yeah. instructions 
you'd be like, all right, you're playing whatever game you need to play to play this part. Uh, like where you're not, you're not a hired killer. There's people all there's around. Pe- you're, there's pe- everyone oh, can hear us talking. That yeah. makes that does make a lot more yeah. sense. To That's me. absolutely. So what you do whatever I you got to do. The the guy with the money was okay. doing. Yeah, that was because they too. have the woman who shushes Jonathan, mm-hmm. um, and then she, sh- I think she shushes shushes them. That's that's what I how I read it also. Mm-hmm. But of course, I also as the devoted lover, like I'm not as with many thrillers, like I love it if they they cross all the T's and dot all the I's to absolute, you know, mm-hmm. perfection, but I'm in it for the thrills. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'm not looking for hyper-realism in this moment, this night at the opera, but also I just love that whole run up to that guy getting murdered. It's great. Like the dialogue is really clever and, and there's just a timber to it. That's a little bit different. Um, I'm always sort of perturbed that Jonathan doesn't like culture. <laughs> It's funny. It's a funny. It's, it's a funny a element to his it's character. Totally his character. It makes yeah. absolute sense for his character. But I'm always yeah. just like, hmm. So actually, that's a question I have for the two of you because you are a couple, but <laughs> you like a lot of the same things. Although you have a lot of separate interests. We have but- very. We have very. Uh, divergent interests. <laughs> well, for example, the movie Divergent. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, but it's not something where it's like, I hate music. I love music. Right? Yeah, no, that's so it's not. I couldn't for, <laughs> be with anyone who said I hate music. Well Were you leading us? I don't I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Was it never mind to a specific movie? I definitely well, nope. well I will No, I was just wondering what it's like for because I always wonder about that as a thing that characters always have. And that actually that people, some people that I know have where it's just almost like that thing that's worse, that line that runs down the middle of a, of a married couple's house, basically on a sitcom or on any TV show or all the movies, right. Right. Where it's like this, it's, it doesn't even just stick to the heteronormative representations where it's just like the ladies like the lady things and the man like the man things. And to me, like the way that they play it in heart to heart with Jonathan being like the businessman or whatever, like it's very predictable. But I always think even when I was a kid, I just think like, I don't want to be with somebody that does not want to go to that yeah. thing with me. And then I'm also like, why would I want them to go? And this is I something know. that I maintain to this day. It's like, if you don't want to go, I don't want to make you go. I, I don't want to ex- go to things that I don't want to go to. So please don't yes. make me go unless there's some elaborate reason, like you're going to lose your job or right. you think that whatever, like if there's, if it's something very, very special and important to you, person that I'm sleeping with, then I will go to that thing that I don't want actually want to go to in regular life for 45, <laughs> it's not 45 that. minutes like, max. Let's just be adults and you can just go, go do you at that this boring is, ass thing. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is where this is. <laughs> that was driving me crazy too. The, that didn't drive me crazy. Yeah. That you're, you're 100% right. And yeah. that is, that's a, that's a real dynamic in relation in every relationship I've had. There are things that, one of us has to do they want to watch the movie divergent and we want our partner to do it with us yeah right and our partner does not want to do it like for me i want i I want joe to watch horror movies with me Uh, and joe mm -hmm. can't do it and i have ceased to to force him to do this which i used to just force him to do this because he loved me enough that he would let me do that. And then when I realized like, oh, I'm hurting the person I love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop doing this. But but this it's also like, 
like shows like in our yeah. in my life it would be going to a band show mm. uh like i i gotta go to this show i want to go to this show mm-hmm. do you want to come but that's like in our relationship it's do you want to come you do not have to yeah uh mm-hmm. like there are some things where i'm like i need you to come to this and if it's mm-hmm. like yeah i need you to come to this then of course you're gonna fucking come yeah for forty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I and that's also true. I always, I always give my partner an out. So yeah. it's like this is gonna suck for you. It's gonna be great for me. Yeah, you just have to say hi, smile, and be pretty. Yeah, <laughs> and we, then you can leave. <laughs> also, we kind of agree. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to be anywhere really. <laughs> I know COVID has been amazing for us. So yeah. <laughs> right. I mean that. Right at this moment, this conversation is fairly moot. Um, but but it's so um, quaint. Just something that because this is the <laughs> second episode in just in this season where they have that dynamic of like cultural event and Jonathan's like, I would rather fucking die, basically. Yeah. And Jennifer's like, Weedle, Weedle, Weedle may have to go together. And it's just it just made me think about that. You uh also so I just thought I would ask you guys. It was that was a thing I was thinking too. I was just like, go with somebody that wants to go. It's five fucking hours. You know, you would expect a little playful. Oh, I don't want to do that from Jonathan. Mm-hmm. This was beyond that. This was he did not <laughs> want to do that at all. He had no interest. Right. Well, it's a way. It's a waste of opera. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many people that would uh, would love the opportunity roles for a night at the opera, myself yeah. included. Do you like, not? Do you gosh. not imagine that Max would have been like, I would fucking love to go to this with you. Don't you mm-hmm. think Max would have been like, I would love this? Based on his thoughts about museum, I don't know. I don't like know if either. we're if we're lumping them together. Yeah. yeah. Although, no, you're right. You're right. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's Max, hard to, it's Max hard to tell seems... when, what Max is open to. He's had so many experiences that he's getting he's getting that stuff somewhere, somehow, right? The meditation, the all of it. But I feel like opera might not have been his thing. He's a music lover, he's a thespian. I'm making like a, a leap, but an educated leap that he would enjoy the opera. Yeah. I've well, a- tough shit, Max, because Jennifer <laughs> makes Jonathan go. Yeah. I've really, I've wanted to go to an opera. I've never been to an opera before, and I wanted oh. to go. And it's so mysterious, though, how it works. I don't understand. I've been what to two. Mean? I've Just, been to two oh, operas in my life. How do you buy the tickets? Where do you go? Where do they do it? Just all, every, <laughs> every single logistical. They do cloak that in much secrecy, I know. as they kinda, is the operatic Here's the, here's the tradition. secret, though, yeah. Joe. Here's the secret. The secret is that you look you look for a building that they call the opera house. Right. Which and is, then you just seek out I don't their know schedule. It. Well, where is that in L.A.? What? Uh, the, oh. The, there's several. The Disney, actually. Walt Disney Hall? <laughs> actually, I, yes. Actually, one, yes. The, last, the last time I was in Los Angeles which sadly was three or four years ago, I came down to Los Angeles to go to an opera. Oh, where was at it? At the Los Angeles Opera. At the Opera House. At the Opera House? Is that what the Russian Which is did? over by the Broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it's a three and a half hour long opera, which seems about it's normal. a little bit longer, average-ish, average-ish. But it was one of, um, I mean, I've seen a few operas since that time, but that opera is one of the, it's one of the greatest artistic experiences i've ever had in my entire life awesome it's, it's i that's rad well it, i'll never forget it what was, it was the title so did you just say sorry it was philip glass's Akhenaten. oh nice the hearts at the opera made me think of because i like i like modern to contemporary opera i don't dislike opera that is older than that but i prefer modern to contemporary opera and um you know like benjamin Britten things like that and so there's actually 
an opera that made me think of Heart to Heart in a weird way, Mm. because how we've talked before about all of the horrible dinner party experiences (laughs) that grace the show over and over again. And uh, a composer that I really love, uh, Tom, (laughs) I always say his name wrong, Odess. He wrote an opera a few years ago based on Bunuel's Exterminating Angel. And I am so desperate to see it. Mm. Do you, you know? I know the Exterminating so the, Angel, but I don't, I don't know the opera. Exterminating Angel. Joe, do you know it? Mm-mm. So it's, it's the, the film takes place. Um, it's after an, an opera. So the characters have attended an opera and then they all go back to a house to have dinner afterwards. So it's like the after party after going to the opera. Um, and so he's made an opera about Exterminating Angel that, oh man, I really want to see it. Stupid COVID. They're mm. doing a tribute to that composer to celebrate his 50th birthday um, through next spring at the Barbican. So it's just like mm. the most, uh, it's like a big <laughs> tragedy to me that I can't well, experience that. They're not doing that opera, but um, Exterminating Angel, I love it. So it's basically an opera about an awkward dinner party slash surrealism. So... Heart to Heart by. If you want to go awkward dinner party, Bunuel and Heart to Heart are neck and neck for, <laughs> for <laughs> the the kings of that particular Absolutely. genre. Yes. Absolutely. Did you guys love Jennifer's opera garment? The plunging. I loved it. Yeah, of yes. course. Plunging black. I thought it looked amazing pads. on her. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't like her in black. Uh, oh, I love I, her in I, black. Or maybe it was too much. It was too much fabric. I don't know. I, mm. I, it looked great. She looked amazing. Yeah. She obviously looked amazing. She always her hair also. Mm. This episode was Luminous. stunning. Also, so good. I don't know how much opera tickets cost in nineteen eighty. Apparently twenty five dollars. Is that what they say? Because the scalper guy says he, they ask. Jonathan asks how much. He says fifty bucks each, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's a deal, that's a bargain." Yeah. yeah, they're probably like eighty to ninety dollars now. I would assume for a big well, opera, dep- like depending this. on the opera, it it can be up to. You need up Stanley to, like, to break out his inflation. <laughs> yeah, <population. laughs> yeah, Stanley can um, help us out. I like New wave because, Stanley needs to because uh, when Jonathan like balks at having to pay a hundred bucks for two tickets, she's like, "You paid a hundred dollars a piece for tickets to Muhammad Ali." Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Right, and he's like, he fights in English. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. That was a yeah. really good line. But then Jennifer has a really good line too. She's because Jonathan says this guy's trying to scalp me, and she says if he doesn't, I will. I yeah. will. Yeah, it's just so, so good. good. I love that. Yeah, that's all I got for that section. Well, yeah. So <laughs> another note, but I, I just scrolled past my note about the guy just to, just forcing Jonathan to be the hitman. <laughs> I was like, I can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it made an impact. Um, can we, if we're talking about Jennifer's dress, can we talk about so the the woman, the society. A woman who's Ms. holding Hopkins. this costume party, Miss Hopkins, Hopkins Ooh, that her. she's holding it in. Uh, oh God, is it in Hancock Park? Yes. Okay, that she's. I love her having that party, mm-hmm. and uh, in the middle of the day when everyone's mm-hmm. there to scope out the scene and make us think of Party Down, mm-hmm. she's <laughs> full on wearing a pearl yes. and amethyst choker with matching earrings. The heart of the she's ocean. Probably wearing a ring, also. I would guess that matches it. Yes. But I was like, wow, I gotta love that. 
Miss Claude Hopkins, I surrender. She is great. You win. Yeah. I love that actress. And I so she shows up on the screen and I see her face and I hear her voice and I'm like, I love you. Why do I love you? Mm. Where do I know you? Mm-hmm. I think it is from the movie Mr. Mom. Uh, she oh. is one of the card playing moms <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the oh, movie wow. Mr. Mom. Hmm. And that stuck with me. Uh, mm. I love her. She's also she was in Toys. She was in Gremlins too. Um, Gremlins she's too. she's a she's a in working Mr. she's a working woman. And Mr. Mom is she the the crosswalk one that tells him that he's doing it wrong when he goes to pick up the kids? Uh. No, no, oh, okay. <laughs> no. She's one of the, you're doing it wrong. She's one of the women that comes over and plays cards for coupons. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, God, I love Mr. Is she Mom. The chef in Gremlins too. She's lady at elevator. Oh no. <laughs> That sounds mysterious. That cook woman that drinks so much in Gremlins too. She has a mom mom mullet. I've never seen Gremlins. Wow. You've never seen the original Gremlins? Is there a not original Gremlins? Well, there's Gremlins two, which is what we're talking about. (laughs) Gremlins one and two. Gremlins is a Christmas. Never seen any Gremlins. Gremlins is fantastic, and you should absolutely. I would love to. I would love to hear your what you think of it. Seeing it now, yeah. I I have. I'm so like nostalgic. If I know anything about Ellen, she is never going to watch this movie. <laughs> she never watched Possessor. But I would really love Look, it's, uh, to I'll hear put it on Ellen's... the list right under Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another movie I love. Uh, I, Which I've never seen. I love it. And I, I think you should watch Gremlins because it is the bleakest <laughs> Christmas movie ever made. It is one of the saddest, mm-hmm. bleakest movies and it was a huge, huge. <laughs> Why is that hit. filling me with such delight? <laughs> it Why do you think I want you to see it so badly? <laughs> because we're like three days and counting till uh, Christmas. Yeah. The soundtrack alone is worth watching, Grimms. Oh, God. The soundtrack will make Ellen want to stab I herself in the eyes. But <laughs> they do this thing in the soundtrack where they have gremlins, gremlin creatures singing in the soundtrack. It's like. Nope. And Oops, I, told, I can't do it now. I, I told a friend. Randomly, oh, my TV and computer are broken. <laughs> oh, no. I told a friend, this is the song that plays through my head when you walk into a room, when I see you walk into a room and it's like the perfect little insult. I want to say, though, what what was her name again? The party host lady with the heart of the ocean on her uh, neck? Miss Claude Hopkins. Claude Hopkins. She has a mom mullet where it's. All bangs on top. She has these little curly bangs that just go mm-hmm. up the head, back and back and back <laughs> into a mullet. And it's a mm-hmm. really good look on her. It really works. I love her. I'm pro mullet, although I think I'm probably, maybe I'm seven years away from when I last had a mullet. Oh, did you have a mullet? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, a friend and I made a bet and the loser was supposed to cut their hair into a mullet mm-hmm. i actually won the bet but then i cut my hair into a mullet anyway and i wore yes. it for years because a mullet is a terrible trap from which your hair cannot escape yeah so people are wondering <laughs> why do those you know quote those people unquote still have mullets after all this time it's because it is absolutely <laughs> unless you're willing to make a big change yeah um it is absolutely the hardest haircut to grow out ever to grow but out. I thought it looked really, I thought I looked really cool. Mm. You know, um, it was hard for me to find somebody that would actually cut the mullet for me. Oh. And, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of like modified. Like it was like a Dragon Ball Z meets Clute sort of a vibe, which <laughs> in my mind, in my mind was super cool. 
um, but it was really hard to find, um, <laughs> understandably, I realize now looking back because this is like, you know, 2007 or eight or something. Nobody wanted to do that to my hair. <laughs> no matter what I said, no matter how many weird drawings I did, no matter how many crazy gestures I made with my hands that I was trying to indicate like zigzag or choppy with, it, it took me so many runs at hair, different hairdressers to finally get that mullet. But I did have it for a long ass time. Eric, you, you knew me when I had the mullet. Oh, yeah. It was a good, yeah. it was a good I, mullet. I, I had a mullet as a It was a, a lot of look. It was a good look. I, I had a mullet, and then I turned it into a rat tail. That was my childhood oh, look. Well played. Uh, well Jennifer and Jonathan's looks uh, when they're discussing party logistics are great. Mm-hmm. Jennifer has this purple turtleneck underneath a tan mm-hmm. trench, loose, mm-hmm. like light trench coat. That my that's one of my a top beautiful orchid purple. Right? Yes, top Jennifer it's looks super Pantone color. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, this episode has a haircut that is mm. working very well for him. Mm. It's good. It's, it's really it looks good. Really full. And, it's mm. full, but it's not yeah. like it's not helmety, <laughs> yeah. like like his usual helmet thing. Yeah, you're that's, right. The, the, it's well, the side the, sw- side sweep is a little different. Somehow. Yeah. Pre-opera, like when they're talking about the the missing suit, mm. I was like, "Oh, he's so cute right now. He looks so good. His haircut yeah. is really working. It's a good style." Yeah, it's a, like a little bit onion loafy on top still for my taste. <laughs> a little like bit. blooming onion or like just like onion um, panel, like the brick that goes across. But yeah, I think oh, it's like it's... an actual onion. <laughs> I was thinking of like chain restaurant appetizers. You mean like an actual onion, just, like a dome? Yeah, I guess just like an onion uh, chunk that goes across the entire top of his head <laughs> and slightly down the so forehead. It's like those, like those, those. Uh, I'm so hungry. Not a the, JoJo. The, cat, the cats with the with the uh, the orange peel helmet thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm I'm hungry, and I kind of want to do to based on Joe's description, like due to Jonathan's head, what like a lot of <laughs> monsters and giants do to tiny, tiny people. It's like, not when time for pick, pick your poke yet. Bite into their head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it squirts like a, like chewel. a gusher, like a chewel, like one of those, a chewel <laughs> filled bubble gums we were talking about in the last episode. Totally. Tools. Right. And then the giants all, ah, and just like throws their tiny. Oh, that's why. Corpse. What are they called? Chewels? Chewels. So that's what you guys Chules. were saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just didn't get mm-hmm. it. Okay. I didn't have the, the brand recognition. Um, anyways, Jennifer looks stunning in her trench. <laughs> and then yes, officers officers Ewell and Tate show up. Yes, Norm and Norm and Ewell. Ewell. Norm and Ewell. <laughs> they seemed so <laughs> I kept waiting for them to be the actual bad guys because they were their Chicago accents were so thick. Uh, and the they had mentioned a couple times that the killer was coming from Chicago. And you thought they were doing a double twist. I did. I was waiting for a double twist. I was also waiting for the mm-hmm. scalper, the ticket scalper, mm-hmm. who was a pickpocket, to show up again. He was very huh. malicious in the beginning. Yeah, like diabolic. he they they he was a red herring, I guess. But there wasn't really a mystery in this episode. It was it was just a sequence of events. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Death Trap. I don't know why. Uh, huh. th- like there was a death trappy vibe to this whole thing. And I think it's because it was just a dialogue driven uh, story. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and the yeah. mystery was, are they going to survive? And hey, spoiler alert, there's five seasons and eight movies. So yes, we... they're going to survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on the edge of my seat about that. But you know, that doesn't mean I don't care about them. The I have to talk about when Jonathan asks Max how he makes eggs so good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yes. And he says, oh, I got it from my aunt, whoever. She was a cook in a women's prison. Uh, and Jonathan's like, what's the secret? And Max goes, first, you steal two eggs. And then Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan just cuts him off and is like, okay. Or something like that. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Oh. That was, for me, that's the subtitle of this episode is, first, you steal two eggs. That was really <laughs> funny. I thought that was way funnier than it was given its time for. Like, I think. It, yeah, I it think was it, not funny as I just described it. But trust me, everyone. It's funny when they do it. It is funny. I missed that whole joke. Oh, I thought it was cute. I thought it was a very, a very good joke. That is good. Max has a couple really good jokes this episode. Oh, Max, man. Oh, my God. All right. Let's let's get down to it because it's time to talk about Max and drag. Max and drag. I think it is. Well, Uh, all right. When he first, he first, the, the hearts are going to the ball and they're dressed up and Max doesn't, he says, I might get it. I'll get a costume and come with you. And Jonathan says, no, to come. he's begging mm-hmm. to come. Yeah. Jonathan's like, he smells the danger. Yeah. He, he wants both to feel wants, the danger. He wants to take care of his, his mm-hmm. people. Something is not right. I mean, mm-hmm. that cop got blown into bits. Yeah. Can we talk about that for one second? Oh yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. It's just <laughs> jaw droppingly crazy. So we should talk about that. For the first time in okay. season two, they introduce a police officer who is not only, not only likable, mm-hmm. but, but not know, an se- idiot. Seems kind of invested in an investigation. Yeah. And <laughs> they blow him up. Hard. They blow so him up. Dramatically. He is just, ah. Oh. That is a super violent car explosion. Amazing. Right? Bye, Lieutenant Andy yeah. Kirkson. I think I, I I think I, I did say out loud bye. Like <laughs> And this is the, the goof of the so episode crazy. is Jonathan then sees that he has a gun and grabs the gun off his belt to shoot at the person that's trying to run him and Jennifer over. And mm-hmm. in my mind, I, I was thinking, wouldn't that gun be super hot because it's engulfed in flames and was just went through an explosion? <laughs> but IMDb said that gun would not work. There's no way that gun would work because it would be exploded. I would assume that the bullets at least would have would have shot. Been yeah, useless. they would have exploded. Yeah. They would have been been engaged. So that's the one uh, goof that I found on IMDb. That's for this my episode. Mm. this is this is my one rewrite. Welcome Mm-mm. people to Eric's. Rewrite dungeon annex. Oh, um, dungeon works too. <laughs> Eric's rewrite dungeon. <laughs> so, so the the <laughs> hitman that was supposed to collect the money at the opera, McGarity. McGarity. Everyone finds out this mistake really quickly, and then immediately mobilized to correct this mistake. And their thing is, let's kill this guy, and then just go on with our plan. Mm-hmm. They think the right. they think the cop is is Jonathan, <laughs> so they blow him up in the car. Which I was like, "Oh shit, this is great!" Now they think they've done it, and Jonathan can go along with this whole thing co- mm-hmm. totally undetected. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. no, <laughs> he overhears Jennifer say Jonathan, and then he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, I got to kill this guy now." How fun would it have been <laughs> if they? 
didn't realize that they didn't kill Jonathan Hart. And Jonathan is like, I'm going to go fucking finish this. That would be fun, but I think it would also add a level of complexity to the episode. I thought the exact same thing. I think complexity is good. I don't know where that would have gone. I also just finished watching Tenet, and I want things to be very confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know how that would have resolved itself in a way that was exciting, because then John, then the hitmen simply go to, to Miss Hopkins' costume party where... D.A. What's-His-Face with the crazy name, Randolph Burlington. Um, <laughs> Randy B. Yeah, when he's, he's, the party is in his honor, right? He's getting the man of, of the man year of the award year, yeah. or whatever, right? And yeah. so <laughs> if if they think that they've eliminated this loose end, which is all that Jonathan is to them, he's a mm-hmm. loose end at this mm-hmm. point, right? Which is why you stab the guy that gives him the money. You just got to clean up, tie up the loose ends, right? But so to me, um, and you're just going to have to help me out when I get there, so... If they think that they've tied up the loose end, then they simply proceed business as usual and they go to the party and they attempt to kill Randolph Burlington. But so then it's like, oh, okay, the end. <laughs> like, where's the, what's the exciting, what what adds the thing to it? Because Jonathan no longer, like, he knows they're going to do that, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have to be there to pretend anything because they think he's dead. Is it that they go and they're like, He's not dead, except that they didn't, when they killed him, they clearly didn't even know who he was. Like they, I mean, they didn't, they weren't like, that's Jonathan Hart right there. Like they just blew up Kirkson. Help me out. Help, if we, help if me. We, if we know anything Bring about. Bring me into the dungeon. If we know anything about the hearts, <laughs> it's that if there is some meddling to do, they're going to do it. And this is an opportunity for them to foil murderers. They are going to, like, they think that I am dead now. I'm going to this fucking party mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop them from completing their task. And I have the advantage of knowing that they're going to do it, knowing who they are. And I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can do this. And then I feel like that, that allows for more interesting. Um, one, it, it allows Jennifer to be more than, than a captive. Yeah. Uh, it, it allows Jennifer to, to play into it because this, okay, we, we are going to talk about this party because I really want to talk about this party. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I like the idea of them knowing the plan and knowing like, okay, we can, we know what the plan is. We can go in and foil them mm-hmm. and we can do mm-hmm. this really fun and we can involve Max and we right. can do like, like that's it's TV. It's 80s TV. It's heart to heart. Mm-hmm. We can do this. I don't find, I, I think it adds a level. I'm not convinced on that. I don't, I feel it strips it of kind of like the tension and suspense element that is more consistent with the opening to the episode, but but I'm not here to rewrite it. I I just, I just feel like that kind of makes it like it kind of diffuses. I can see what you're saying. Like it adds a different layer. Like it's a totally, it's a different angle, but it doesn't, I don't know. I would, I would need to see it. I, I just, yeah. It. Okay, or, well, I'll just, I'll send it to you. You know what? Okay, you don't cool. need to. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, just to send me the full cut. You don't you, have to edit it. You don't need to see it. You need to act it out as one of the characters. I'll write, no, I, I will write this script and yeah. we will act this out. I think it adds, it, it would yeah, add okay. a satisfying level of surprise to the villains, which you do want to see. It would add that where the villains are all of a sudden like, oh, he's not dead. Ooh. Well, that's, then, I, I guess Ellen brought up the, my, yeah. my main gripe. With this episode is that, is that there is no suspense uh there i i mm. my suspense was gone after they blew up the car like like then it was just an action show 
uh, which is great, and I love that. But the the lead up with the opera scene, which is so good in my opinion, I think it's really well done. Leading up to them killing a police officer in a car, thinking that it's Jonathan Hart, that opens it up to all right. Now it's on us to finish this, as I, opposed I follow, to I follow you. It as just, opposed to like, oh, now they know. Now they know that it's actually Jonathan. They shoot at him. There's a <laughs> there's a fucking shitty car chase. That they like it's. I think your point is, and then then they throw in Norm. I think your point is valid in that that whole section of the episode was sort of filler that it didn't really do anything for the episode structure because they the whole point of that scene was that they would think that they killed Jonathan but then they just immediately know yeah, that they like didn't. Yeah, they, like they gave so away why, that whole So why is that scene even part of the episode structure in general? Like and Mar- like it would have been okay, here's here's how it works. Here's how it plays out. Dude blows up the car, says, "I did it." Leaves. Then they go to the party. The plan is the plan's in action. Mm-hmm. Marion sees Jonathan. She's like, "You fucking idiot! That's Jonathan Hart." Yeah. What would have been great at that point is then they take the entire party hostage, and it's a diehard <laughs> situation of Jonathan. Oh, uh, Nakatomi. Yes, Nakatomi, Nakatomi Hart. Plaza. I think we're. <laughs> I feel like this is the season. <laughs> yes. Uh, this Jing, is giving. Uh, this is giving <laughs> me I think so we're much energy. Trading. We're trading like similar. You know, yeah. it's just like we're just moving the pieces. What's that hideous game where you can't take the pieces out, but you're supposed to put all the numbers in order uh, or whatever that yeah. thing that they use to fuck with children or whatever? Um, I think we're doing that with this episode. Ooh, I love kind that, of though. like. Um, <laughs> I feel like what I, we're I know, doing I, right now is I giving me it, so much energy, and it's sucking so much energy out of Ellen. <laughs> I know. I feel bad because it's oh, like it's in, absolutely in, in my mind, yeah, it's making me want to live. In my mind, in my mind, it's. It, <laughs> I love you, it, Joe. I love you so much. <laughs> I love this. I got so excited when they blew up the cop because I was like, "Oh shit!" Mm. Now the hearts can yes. can act on their own accord. Mm. There's they're free to do whatever they want to to foil this crime. But it ended up being like, "Oh no!" Now now it's just like more shit. Mm. And and here's the main thing cuz you brought up the suspense element. This episode is more comedic yeah. than suspenseful. Like it's like the the costume the fact that it's a costume party already is just <sighs> like section. we are in a comedy episode and we were in a comedy episode. The you brought up the the uh myopic <laughs> you, brought, you brought up the dude the the weird Woody Allen <laughs> Who can't see that uh, Max is a man? A myopic Toreador. Yes. <laughs> Let's call him Juan Tisold. Yes, because that's his name. He's the tinfoil king. I love that. And, like I, I, I get what you're saying. To, I'm just... There's more things to do with this than than keep Jennifer hostage, which is boring sure. to me at this point. Like I, I think taking Jennifer hostage in order for Jonathan to complete a task is boring. I'm more into the <laughs> core group of characters formulating a plan to foil the villains as opposed to the villains having a plan that the, that the core group has to haphazardly dissolve. It makes more sense that then there would be a costume party if they, because then they wouldn't know Jonathan's identity. Dude, you're, you're see, see that makes sense that there's a costume party. This is why me and Joe are together. (laughs) (laughs) We finish each other's scripts. Yeah. (laughs) Our, re- our rewrites. We work. We're workshopping it, Ellen. Um, oh, it takes so long. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's always a compliment when someone I would says hope that. that it takes long <laughs> to it's write like a, when someone a says, lasting story. When someone that says dungeon is random. big, motherfuckers. That's a big dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, Full of dead bodies. No, it's like, I get, I get it. It's it's like, it's not, there is no Ellen's rewrite corner. I am here. I am fulfilling my role as your foil. I am the devoted lover. I don't, I don't do a lot of the dismantling and the rebuilding. I know, I know. I just, I just take it, take it in as I did. Mm-hmm. Virtually any 80s TV series could probably be improved. Yeah, totally. With even just two or three strokes of the pen. Eric's never plunged into a rewrite this hard before. So that's, it was, I, that's my fault because I jumped in there. I jumped in there and was all like, no, no. <laughs> and that was my first mistake of many. This is my first real, like, like hardcore, like, oh. And it's because they presented something mm. that to me is a great, uh, it's a great element of a, an action yeah a lot of thriller. meat on those bones yeah. yeah and i guess the the point of that scene though J- jennifer says it at the end of that scene where after the guy jonathan shoots at the guy he drives away and she says uh now they know what we look like right or something along those lines now they Pretty know much, who we yeah. are mm-hmm. yeah so that's mm-hmm. the point of the scene i guess is that they then know who the hearts are and they are able to kidnap jennifer and they and they still choose to go to this costume party this dressed as Rhett Butler and Scarlett O'Hara. This is, is mm, such an insane. Can't even. It's like a birthday party for, but for the DA to be named Man of the Year amongst his weird friends. It's yeah. just, it's not a society party. It doesn't have that energy. It has a birthday party vibe. <laughs> yeah, it felt like this is going to turn sleazy. Yeah. And it's, uh, this is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Swingers. Like this is, well, there was the Batman, Batman and Wonder Woman, uh, ad- adjourned crazy. to the bedroom oh, to fuck. Yeah. But what's when Max makes when his Max, appearance? Oh, fucking Max. Okay. But it's not a close knit circle of friends. When they go to ask about the guest list, she says that she hired a PR firm to bring in all these people that don't know him because he, they are considering supporting him for a, a run for office. Mm-hmm. okay okay I so mayor, she's like i hired specifically yeah yeah like i hired these this pr firm to do whatever and that's I why know there's like what so many. committee what official committee man of the year he he won man of the year through you know what i mean like what what level of man of the year yeah they don't this? really they don't really <laughs> go there it's something i mean like well, but they do time. they do express that the party i'm the not guests, worried about that but <laughs> The guests at the party are movie stars and politicians. <laughs> and athletes. And athletes. And just random. And celebrities. Just celebrities. And Woody yeah. Allen. And Woody Allen. <laughs> Please call him Juan Tisol, the tinfoil king of Mexico. When this episode was announced um, last week by Ellen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone, I have an announcement. The title... <laughs> I, I was ready to just be like, I was on edge for some reason. I was like, I don't want to see a 1980 drag thing. With zero um, gay A 1981 ever. drag thing with no gay people. I'm thinking about cruising. I'm thinking yeah, about- Yeah, I was just going to yeah, say, you're feeling like, like you're going to get done like cruising. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like I'm. we're going to get fucked on this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The way that drag came into play in this episode delighted me. Yeah. I, I was so happy- mm-hmm. That it was Max of any character. I was so happy that it was Max. I was also so happy that God. Max walks out <laughs> in drag. <laughs> Batman and Wonder Woman say, 
where were you? And he says, I've come out of the closet. I came out of the closet. I came out of the closet. <laughs> so I good. I couldn't believe that they made that joke. I was loved it. So astounded. I loved it. It it like all of the tension in my body released. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, this is the cutest thing ever. Yeah. And he was also terrifying looking in drag. Kind of like the he female gremlin in Gremlins yeah. too. Uh, well, oh, dressed to kill. Another another thing that I kept thinking like, oh, are we going to, mm-hmm. is this what we're going to deal with? Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I thought Max did a great job. Lionel Sander was fantastic. So charming. He didn't gay it up. Uh, he definitely like femmed out a little bit, but in in my opinion, not too much. In a tasteful manner. <laughs> yeah. And that guy I mean, is so into him. Oh my which god! Is also that, really cute. <laughs> well, that just reminded me of uh, some like it hot. Like that was that was a very mm-hmm. much some like it totally. hot riff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know from the very first shot of the weirdest man of the year costume party ever in the pinkest society mansion in mm-hmm. all of Hancock Park that. <laughs> A man dressed as a Toreador with Coke bottle glasses is coming into play later. Yes, definitely. That's actually not a costume. Like you don't go to the store and buy your visually impaired, um, <laughs> visually challenged Toreador costume from, you know, <laughs> from just any just, corner it, store. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I mean, I love a Toreador. Like I love a Tri de Luces, right? But- yeah. There was a guy walking around that had a f- like fluorescent pink, beautiful samurai costume on that looked so cool. You know, like the Halloween parties, just sort of the costumes for me. I was not really, you know, from Rhett, from Rhett Butler to Scarlett O'Hara to uh, the curb feeler kind of riffs <laughs> on Southeast or S- mm-hmm. South Asian uh, garb to the uh, I guess the Native American uh, that, yeah. costume. You know, like I wasn't really feeling the costumes. The costumes um, sucked. The costumes so sucked all around. I wasn't vibing on those. Uh, to get into character, Jonathan, after he dresses up, says, "You're gonna be my girl if I have to lick you to prove it." And is that from uh, what sound of music? Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. No. <laughs> so why does he do that? That was very weird and just because it's smutty uncomfortable it was just the hearts like he pantomimed punching jennifer in the face (laughs) i did not not like that moment (laughs) but then max is dancing with the the older man later and he says everything above the waist is a la carte (laughs) i don't even really know what that means isn't that what jennifer says when jonathan kisses her hand Oh, does she say that? She does. Oh, okay. Oops. I thought Max <laughs> he, he kisses her hand and then she says that. Was there like a weird kind of gay flirty thing between uh, Went and Norm and Yule? <laughs> well, they fell asleep like, together in the most adorable way. But they were also they, like touching each a, other's a, hair and like. There was a, a geniality there that seemed interesting for those characters, right? Mm-hmm. But then the weirdly they're like, our wives saved the costumes. So it's like. Are those guys just like the tightest buds ever, or what's up with Tate and Yule? But yeah, I sort I liked them. I was like, oh, I could do with more Tate and Yule. Yeah. They have costumes, like they're so prepared to go to this rotten costume party. 
my major gripe is the costumes. The costumes suck. I thought for sure you were going to point out the terrible lighting, one of you, because to me, that's what makes the party oh. much more difficult to to deal with visually is that it has that same sort of it's that to me, that's really bad party lighting because yeah. I didn't really take umbrage with Popper's Middle School's lighting <laughs> in the warehouse, but the Beaux-Arts ball. But this one, I'm just like, blah! Like, it just is so vivid. But the, the costumes, the colors of the costumes I love, but some yeah. of the the actual costumes, I'm kind of like, please don't do that anymore. No, no one looked good in their costume. Everyone was wearing something that was extremely ill-fitting, including the Man of the Year's uh, Superman costume, uh, which was like, uh, you're wearing pajamas, dude. Yeah, like, that was why terrible. are you wearing pajamas? I don't know. The, tin, the tinfoil king looked great. The lighting? I thought. He, he is the one that looked great. The shot of the two cops sleeping was really, it looked like a Renaissance painting to me or some kind of painting. It was really nice. I don't know why that, I love the shot so much of the two cops sleeping. There's a big chandelier next so to them. So cute. It's really it adorable. cute. The framing is really good. I don't know. It's funny that we'll I have didn't two mind ginger ales. Yeah, I hated <laughs> the so lighting cute. in that middle school. This just didn't feel like an auditorium. I guess it felt like a real mansion house. So maybe that's why I didn't mind the lighting. Can we can we talk about when Jennifer is in the truck? Yes. <laughs> and uh, Benny, the henchman, tells her that she looks really attractive uh, or extremely attractive, and Jennifer has to basically say like. I don't mean to be ungracious, but you can keep your uh, threats of sexual violence to yourself or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, it was what really one of the first times in the series up to this point that we experience an actual threat of sexual violence yeah. against Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really, I feel like that's really intense. Moment. It was really yeah. gross. Like he says to her something like, don't worry, I'm not going to touch, touch you. you yet. Yet. Yeah. Which well, is yeah. so Fucking he says until basically awful. Mm-hmm. until Jonathan's mm-hmm. dead, then we'll see what happens. Yeah, it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. really gross, really gross. See, my um, re- my rewrite eliminates that entire scene. I I did want <laughs> I wanted Jennifer to be loose in the party. I thought she was kind of wasted in the trucks in just. She was, you know, she's cutting a rope with a butter knife for a really long time. That was really, the, yeah, the butter knife, those sharp ass butter knives. Yeah, that, that uh, Voltaire catering. I yes. wanted Max to get yeah. her. Max. Shea Voltaire, they're known for their really sharp cutlery. Charcuteries. <laughs> for their pâtés. <laughs> Max, there's pâté? Wait, there's yeah. pâté? Max goes to the truck before he dresses in drag, goes out to investigate what's going on at this party, goes out, touches the side of the truck, then Jennifer and starts leaves. screaming, and then leaves. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, just I wanted him to get her out, and then they figure out, you know, she's in the party then. And I wanted Jennifer at this party. I thought Jennifer would have been better in this party. Something I love about their costumes, because I don't really love, like, the Gone with the Wind thing, but okay, everybody don't at me, I get it, oh, blah, 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 Margaret Mitchell, etc. Mm-hmm. But um, the Rhett Butler thing, I love that Jonathan maintains a squinty, Clark Gable vibe the entire time he has on that costume, which is amazing. Like it's so not necessary, but so funny and and awesome. And then I like that when Jennifer is kind of, you know, when they've got, I think they have like technically like if the timeline 
is right. They have about a day and a half or whatever, where they know that they're going to this costume party, but whatever, who cares that Jennifer is just like, Oh, this is bullshit. I'm not going to do my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's It's like, I will rent this giant like antebellum hoop skirted gown, but I will not do my hair. (laughs) I will not. I will not. (laughs) I thought her hair looked great. But it's just Jennifer. Her hair's great, but it's not Scarlett O'Hara's hair. (laughs) Can we talk about Freeway and Max's uh, spider sense? Because that's one of my favorite scenes in the episode is when they have their moment of like, what's going on when Max comes back to the house and the hearts have been taken away, whisked away to the man of the year costume party (laughs) um, against their their will Uh that. Max is like, where is everybody? And like looking around and then you notice that the hearts have those weird satiny light blue pillows on their couch still that are just don't make sense with anything. But then (laughs) Max is like, what's going on? And he's like, and then Freeway's all, woof, woof, something's fucked up. And Max is like, what, Freeway? What's, is something wrong? And Freeway's like, yes, yes, it's fucked up. I'm raising my paw. And then Max is like, you're right. I'm going to go to that damn party. But Max didn't know that Freeway, Freeway was talking about those pillows. He wanted Max right, to go to like, Bed Bath & Beyond. Why are they satiny? Yeah. What's up with these pillows? They don't make sense. That's not the color story, you guys. And it never has been. They're tearing the room apart. They're not bringing it together. You're it's, tearing it the room apart. It is not good. So, that is like, ooh, I don't know where those pillows come from. Jonathan and Jennifer, they must have off-screen told Max what was happening, right? Yeah. So why did they not want him to go to the party? We don't know. They didn't want him to get killed. They're like, we already lost one friend. They're trying to keep <laughs> him is, safe. This is a suicide mission and you're not a part of it. Basically. <laughs> well, they're like, we already lost. Like, what's his face? Mm. Blew up violently in front yeah. of us. Yeah. And we don't want you to get shot or stabbed or whatever. Who, who, who spoiler alert, reappears in season three as another cop. Oh. Right. <laughs> oh, good. He survived. Like his gun. It's a totally, <laughs> he, has, he survived, but has changed his name. This is the second most violent death, I think, in heart to heart history so far, besides the After bird the statue. Murder, the bird statue murder. Yeah. <laughs> this is It really second. was like <laughs> blowing up a car, that's a really fucked up, like God. wow. Oh, like that'd be that horrible. Was pretty it's, I was kind of impressed. A, it's a pretty shocking moment. Yeah, definitely. God. Well, speaking of bird statues, I think it's time for Pig Your Poke. <laughs> Ooh, we're changing it up. We're changing. Oh it up. wow! I was drinking wine. I'm gonna eat some wheat thins. <laughs> well, you're starting. You're I'm first. not getting. I'm not getting paid to. Ellen picks. Wheat Ellen thins. chooses wheat, wheat thins. Yeah, I love them so much. I like to eat them with teeny tiny little bites. Oh, I go first. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry that I did, wasn't doing that to do. I abs. I legit forgot that I was. Don't first. fill your mouth with wheat um, thins just yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody. Oh, no! Not one. even not an object. Or am I saying that because I'd rather eat wheat thins right now? <laughs> not even the man no, of the year. I mean, again, we're we're in the season two like dry spell. Ooh, I don't hoax, think so. I but, think we're out of that. Uh, but no one for you, Ellen. There's not not a. Mm, I mean, like if you held a gun to my face. What if I was going um, to blow up your car? How about just you could pick the opera. I guess I would I would pick Kirkson, I suppose. If I had if I had to pick somebody, like if they were like, We're gonna kill Joe if you don't pick somebody else, oh I'd be like Kirkson. <laughs> I hope that I hope it never comes to that joke. Kirk Kirkson afraid. Kirkson. And then I guess the cops. Kirkson and then probably Ewell. Ewell. 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm not invested in this one. Sounds like Eric's not really either. Well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not. Uh, so at the opera house, <laughs> after the murder happens and, and everyone is cleared out of the opera house, a, a uh, patrol officer mm. is questioning the hearts. And I was like, oh, it's him. But I was also Blue like, eyes. you look really familiar. And I couldn't fucking find him. He looks, he looks like someone that I've seen in a million things. Hmm. And I don't know that if that's true or if he's mislabeled in IMDb. Or what? But I couldn't find him. Um, but it is it is technically him. But if I'm going with my gut, it's Jonathan. Like Jonathan was really cute As this Rhett episode. Butler. No, oh. no, Jonathan <laughs> with his new haircut was really mm. cute. Like he, I was like, you look good mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm going with Jonathan this episode. I was pretty stunned by certain angles of Randy B, the actual assassin, right? That's yeah. yeah. He had certain angles that were stunning and he looked great in certain angles. And so he was my first choice. But then Yule showed up and by Mm -hmm. far definitely him. He is so cute. I find him very attractive. Yule, what's his name in Cheers? Norm. 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 Yeah, Norm from Cheers. I love George Went. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Tate. Oh, he's Tate. Oh, he's Tate. Oh, mm-hmm. you were talking about Yule earlier? Oh, okay, the other one. Yule's yeah. the other one. Tate. Yule's. Okay. We can double date, Joe. No, double date. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be that into it, but as long as that doesn't bother you. Double date with Yule ha- and I'm Tate. I'm happy to, to double date. Yeah, you can just yep. be there and just kind of be around. And <laughs> yeah, I'll just be like, yeah, you know what? Um, uh, great to meet you. Yeah, That's we'll be like, what kind you're, of you're Joe's wingman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what kind of investigation? We go out with married cops. What kind of investigation are you guys on right now? <laughs> <laughs> are you sad about your friend getting blown up? In yeah. Car? yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? What happened? <laughs> I kind of wish that he was the hard luck cop that that was recurring in Heart to Heart. I think that'd be a, a good role for him. He's always the cop that tries to help them out and then gets put to sleep or something. gets drugged. Yeah, gets <laughs> drugged. Gets or, accidentally <laughs> drunk. Never gets exploded, but gets driven off a road or whatever. <laughs> gets drunk. Yeah, and just is. This He'd be better than, than like two I ginger ales. Then I can't yeah. use chopsticks, cop. Like he would. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that cop, yeah. like a recurring police officer that they work with. Sometimes he should be their friend. Yeah. Instead, he had to be in a hit TV sitcom <laughs> for for 10 mm-hmm. fucking I know, years boring he had to become he had to become an icon known yeah. around the world where we still call him norm is he mm-hmm. the guy he's the guy that's always at the cheers bar right yeah on the, on the yeah. corner stool yeah he's just drinking mm-hmm. norm. Him he's, and norm he's an alcoholic i don't know that we go that far with it do we <laughs> we don't think about it i don't that realistically that. like if you're a regular you know like Maybe he, he could just, just be a supporter of local businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he clearly, you know, like he and Vera like to just have each other in measured doses. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to go where he knew everybody knows <laughs> your name. <laughs> <laughs> he just want to. Well, sometimes he, you want to go there. Sometimes you just want to go. I'm leaving. Where I people know pe- <laughs> people are all the same. <laughs> taxi, taxi. Ooh, these weapons. Getting a COVID taxi right now. I'm getting in the COVID taxi. 
I'm willing to die <laughs> to get away from this conversation. Um, any, any, any last thoughts before ratings? I have one more thing to say about Marion. Do it. Mm-hmm. Well, Marion, um, the little red riding hood costume is so sinister. It's so uh-huh. don't look now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, she just really was giving me the most intense. Don't look now vibes. And it scared the shit out of me. So honestly, like there were just these moments where Marion just was like icy stabs into my terrified heart. Um, she's scary. So she's don't look now. She is the scary Red hooded, anyways. She's a terrifying um, little package for sure. She's she's just capable. She's cold, mm-hmm. and Jonathan says the greatest stuff to her when after he dramatically uh, tumbles across the lawn uh, after firing at uh, Mister Six. Right? <laughs> he he's he uh, says something to her where he calls her red initially. He's like ah, red, and then he tells the other. <laughs> Other people would keep an eye on her. He tells uh, Tate and Yule to keep an eye on her. And don't let Red Riding Hood fool you. The wolf could take lessons from her. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, I that's like that. right, Jonathan. Uh, be afraid. Be very afraid because Marion is the terrifying uh, murderer from the mm-hmm. Marion was the most capable of all of the villainous people in this episode. And it right. felt, it almost felt like they were suppressing her um, mm-hmm. to let these buffoons be the actual threat. They were scared to let her loose because they were terrified of her. Probably. She was always so just on top of shit mm-hmm. and just cool mm-hmm. and calm. Yeah. And right. able to like, at the party, she gets to Jonathan and just very smoothly says, like, this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Here's if how it's going to go. Yeah. If you don't take care of this, yeah. you're dead. And so is your wife. No embellishments. Right. That's all right. I have those to say. Those cops? Yeah. yeah. Those cops. The whole look in my basket thing was was the, <laughs> the most so good. silly of her comments. But it was also fantastic. Yeah. Well, I feel like McGarity, although he blows up Kirkson on accident. But let's be real, that's an honest mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like, you know, I don't know. I was I was like, "Huh, are they together?" or cuz cuz it Marion does rise up to sort of mm-hmm. be the brains of of that duo because they're separate from Mr. 6. They're just, you know, high, literally hired guns, right? But they work as a team. Mm-hmm. But it's like, are they a couple? What's going on? Is she oh. just using that guy for sex, or is he just smarter than we're allowed to see? Because they didn't play him as you know, like a dummy or anything. But they just—it's just that Marion handles like she's she's the brains. Yeah, I never I never thought of them as a couple. Even I oh, always neither. thought of I thought mm. of him as a working her, relationship. Yeah, I thought of him as her pawn. Like she's she's like yeah, no, I'm the person that people call when they need to have someone killed. And I have this guy that does it for me because oh. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to ratings. Okay. Zero to five hearts, Ellen. Four. Four? Four. Four. <laughs> well, Ellen has nothing more to say about that. Nope. Uh, and I do because- She said her rating. Keeping with season two's theme, <laughs> I rate this a fucking four. I, th- oh, wow. I, I think th- I think this episode is so good. I, I and I don't know why. Like I, again, it was like this it's really gossamer. Weird. It's like a gossamer wedding cake 
where it's like we're yeah. just picking, we're, <laughs> we're picking at it and it's just falling apart as we pick at it. I don't know. Like even with my massive rewrite, uh, I, I think this is a great episode. I think it's a really fun episode. When we f- fell into the rewrite well. It's a four. I agree. It's a four. Oh my goodness! Oh my God! <laughs> That's uh, the exact thing I was thinking the whole time is that it is really good. The whole beginning half feels so high per- high value production. Mm-hmm. feels so good. It feels like a movie mm-hmm. uh, and it's really well done. Good dialogue. And then this the costume party is silly, but it's still so fun uh, that I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 It's great. Mm-hmm. So it's a twelve. That's a twelve. That's a that's a awesome. real solid heart attack. Heart attack. Yay. Yeah. And it is. I think everyone should watch this episode. Yeah, it's great. But mm. Ellen, what are we doing mm. next? Uh oh. After yeah. you finish your week, then next episode. <laughs> Sorry, I just haven't had them for so long, and then I got them, and just like pandemic. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you didn't ask me anything. What's up next? I'm just Ellen? so used to saying that. <laughs> I did ask you. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It was just before. Sorry, you I'm, I'm really just using thin. this time to like get the wheat thins out of my mouth. You can never. <laughs> this can't. episode is brought to you by wheat thins. Those wheat thins, the same wheat thins <laughs> you're eating now. You just have to bleep out every time I say wheat thins. <laughs> I'm just getting the bleep out of my mouth. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But that- Sorry, I need to eat some bleep. <laughs> You're still going to be picking that wheat thin out of your mouth the next time we record the podcast because that's how wheat thins work. They get all up in your cheeks. That is true. <laughs> oh, it is insidious, but I love it. Okay. Um, up next, originally airing on February 10th, 1981, The Heart Shaped Murders. Mm. Jennifer orders three chocolate Valentines from Mrs. Bittersweet. Someone makes a mistake and delivers the wrong heart for the hearts. One contains a smuggled object that the thieves want at any cost. Mrs. Bittersweet? Bittersweet. That's what I said. Not <laughs> Buttersworth? Jennifer orders three chocolate valentines from Mrs. Bittersweet. Is that Mrs. Butterworth's bitter sister? <laughs> Is the like the Wicked Witch of the West versus yeah. Bittersweet? <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope that you're still with us. <laughs> <laughs> if you are, please follow us at It Was Murder Pod on t- Instagram and Twitter. Email us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com. Please send us your Minute Maxes. If you have a Minute Max for any episode that we haven't done yet, please send it to us. Uh, if you want to if you wanna schedule your Minute Max, you're totally okay to do that. I will mark it down and save it for you. Please rate and review us on the Apple iTunes app. Uh, it really helps us out. It would be good for us. Please send wheat thins. Please send wheat thins. Um, but don't actually send us food. I don't think that Freeway <laughs> should eat dinner on the counter. Uh, I think that's a weird thing to do to a dog. That's and really weird. I'm not into it. But that said, I think that he should have a really cozy place to curl up and go to sleep every night. I think he should be picked up in a more graceful way. He should, really. Good night, Freeway. (laughs) Good night, Freeway. Night, Freeway. Night, Freeway.